Welcome back. I'm your host, Christopher Power, with the Today Show. My guest today is the amazing, absolutely brilliant Matt Frazier. Matt, I, I want to ask you something. I mean, as a, a, an actor trying out and you as well, what is something as a working actor that you just completely reject via status quo? I'm sorry, could you rephrase that? Yeah, so as a working actor, I mean, there's all these things that people always want us to do. What is something that you just absolutely say, no, I'm rejecting this, that has nothing to do with, with this world and the industry? Okay. Well, I won't. Um, I'll go to most places because horror is one of my favorite genres, so I'm happy to play bad, evil people doing awful things. Perfect. Um, but I won't be part of a piece of work that suggests disabled people are lesser because they're disabled, because of their impairment. You know, I don't mind edgy work that uses someone's impairment to inform the story or the or the character. And there might be a dividing line where I and the writer or director might not agree. Right. Which we would have to hash out. But a fundamental no from me would only be for stuff where it's poking fun at disabled people for the wrong reasons. Sure. You know, just ableist bullshit. Absolutely. Now, so, you know, some stuff. I have been accused of being ableist by more militant disabled people than I with my edgy work around freak shows and stuff. And I can completely understand that. But if you've done as much work as I have, and a lot of people I know have in the history of the genre and everything, you understand the richness of the layered, um, layered situation that it w w was. And the fact that it did happen, and that is our history, you know, and African-Americans and, 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 and black indigenous peoples have been able to explore their oppressive histories through drama. And, and us, people who are not like that, are fascinated to see it because it, we're connected to it. It's our history too. Well, I would hope that would be the same with disabled people. So I like to show the evil stuff, you know, um, but, but I ain't gonna take part in a load of rubbish that denigrates us from some kind of old fashioned notion of lesser beings or something like that, you know. That's beautiful. This kind of leads me into to something that we were chatting about uh, the email there was you have a project uh, called Crip Tales. Yeah. And I, I got to see a snippet of the, the audition that you did in some of the showreels. Tell me more about Crip Tales because I'm just so fascinated by how you came to this and, and how the, like the, the well, inception was. Christopher, you could have knocked me down with a feather. I was just approached out of the blue by a BBC producer, um, a lovely woman called Debbie Christie, not a disabled person, but she had produced a series of monologues by women writers called Snatches, where a, a, a well-known uh, female actor did a 10-minute monologue and it was about women's issues and stuff, women, yeah. uh, women's point of view uh, aspect. And it went down a storm. It got nominated for a BAFTA, which are the British Oscars, <clears throat> and did really well. Before that, there'd been one called Queers, which was a gay man, series of gay men's monologues from a pub spanning over 100 years in the same pub, um, which was a very lovely um, aspect to it. So she wanted to do a disability one and she looked around and decided that it was me that she wanted to curate. Well, I am pretty old now and I've been doing this for about 30 years. And um, I do have a list of people who I think are really good who haven't had a break yet, you know. Right. And she said to me, we want to do six monologues, six different disabled writers, six actors. Let's make it happen. It was very easy for me to come up with 10. We honed it, we interviewed people, we identified directors. And of course, there's a, there's a dearth of disabled people in the television industry. You know, I guess the, the one group that's the most of, and there are hardly any of them, is actors. Baby, you want to try and find disabled directors, it's like six. Um, 
who are working in television, I mean, not who want to work in television. That's very different. Anyway, amazingly, the whole thing was greenlit. Uh, we made it. And I remember we finished the last one, uh, went to a pizza joint, and someone was looking on their social media news and they went, oh, look, there's this weird thing that's um, just come out of China. You know, and I jokingly, because I'm into science fiction and horror, looked at my friend Ewan and went, it's the big one. You know the one I mean. The one that we were referring to was of the, all the films for the last 20 years, not right. the worst horror that was to come. Anyway, so what happened was they were able to be edited by one person in a small room while the beginning of it. So um, it was scheduled in and then it was put up on TV and, and it was actually given quite a good boost. And then BBC America got on board <clears throat> because, you know, it's a timing thing. Christopher, my whole life I've pitched stuff like this and no one's been interested. Uh, no one's called back. Um, people have told me that I never called in the first place. Right. This time, everybody called back. Everyone was listening. Everybody wanted something to do with disability. Something has changed. The mood has changed. They want it now. They, you know, after Oscars So White and Black Lives Matter and Me Too, the the value of authenticity in diversity has increased. And I think they realise disabled people need to have at least a hand in the telling of some disabled stories because it's just going to be better and more authentic. So I think that happened at the point where we pitched it. So okay. that was a very lucky zeitgeist moment. So that went down great. We didn't uh, win the BAFTA, but it was fun to be nominated and put on the TV and in the ceremony and everything. But what was great about it was the following project, which is the one I'm currently doing, which is, uh, we might call it the Seven Deadly Sins, but it's not. that's not what it's called, but it's a notion of... Um, seven different half-hour dramas, each written by a different disabled writer with a lead role for a disabled actor for TV, but with the main budget, uh, with the main drama budget, which is the important part. You don't want like history or factual to be taking care of your drama because it doesn't look as good. Uh, sorry. And, and that's through your production company, One of Us, is that right? No, no. One of Us is strictly the weird stuff that me and Julie okay. do. I mean, we've made a film, a horror film called Party Doll that most people would find too offensive to watch because we love the, the sick stuff. So we, one of us is much more for the, 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 the artistic freedom is 100%. You know, with uh, the stuff I do on TV and stuff, there's a degree of compromise that you go through. You sure. have to, and you want to. You want to do good work that's considered valuable by mainstream people whilst also pushing them towards an understanding of disability that they certainly didn't have before and might not have wanted before, but you kind of have to force it on them a bit. And that's okay. the job, isn't it? That's what we do. That's why we're doing yeah. it. Um, but that's coming through. We just had a first couple of scripts and, and there, are, there are sniffs from a, t a very well-known international TV company. Um, so all my fingers are crossed here that the, the Seven Sins things happened by the end of the year because that would be really big because that would give, you know, that would be that would be big news for me. I would consider that my greatest achievement mm -hmm. were that to happen. So as a working actor, and I know when I get those calls, I still get clammy and anxious and nervous. And am I doing the right thing? Do you recall the first time you got called into an audition room and what was running through your mind? Like for me, it's like, Oh my God, I'm so anxious. I'm going to blow it. And what do I do here? Do you remember those feelings? Still have them every time, mate. Um, yes, of course I do. You're not, you're, you know, it's ingrained, isn't it? It's, I mean, I, I, I could live to be 200 and I'd still be carrying that with me. I think, you know, we were brought up that way. We were brought up to, uh, uh, to think of ourselves as less valuable and less deserving. And, and it's ridiculous 
um, but we suffer from it. So, I mean, I've learned to sort of, I'm not going to say meditate, I'm not that spiritual, sure. but, um, you know, think on myself, breathe, make sure I know the material inside down, inside out, upside down and back to front. That's the important bit, the preparation, mm. of course. Um, and go in and just try to do my best. I have learned that despite your own feelings and fears and worries, if you just go in and do your very best possible performance, you feel better about it than if you don't. <laughs> I mean, this is if you didn't get it. Because you don't think, was it my talent or was it my arms that didn't get me the gig? You know. <laughs> they never call you back and say, this is why. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, I had one very, uh, you know, our longest running term police series, the Bill, 80s, 90s, noughties. Um, I auditioned for it in the very early, you know, when I was like 38 or something. And uh, for, you know, like, a, I think a fence or something. And, um, you know, handling illegal jewellery. And I, um, I did the audition and they were like, oh, God, you've got a great voice. You've got a good look. You're very suitable for that. You'll be hearing from us. You'll be hearing. Didn't hear from them. Yeah. Um, got my agent to call them, and they were like, "Ah, sorry, obviously caught on the hop on the back foot." Um, yeah. ah, no, sorry. You see, um, the thing is, the character needed to drive. You see, uh, no, and and my agent went, "Oh, fine. Well, you've seen the full driving CV on Matt's resume, right?" Then there's like silence on the other end of the phone as they realise they've just been caught out with the wrong lie. Now that Christopher, that took me five years to get over. That knocked my confidence so bad. I thought everyone is secretly thinking this. <laughs> now, please, if you're disabled and an actor and, and you, you, I've, I've beaten you back with my awful tales of the past for your fears of the future, don't be like that. It's not like that out there anymore. They like disabled people. In fact, here's the thing. There's never been a better time to be a disabled actor, everybody, because <laughs> they're all like, they've got one. We need one. No, but a real one. Yes, I know I said that, but now I mean the, the opposite. We need a real one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just joking. In a no, 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 I, I love the my own design. But <clears throat> so hopefully, um, and we're not, you know, uh, you're you, you're still young enough to play the lead, right? I, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm way past that. I'm character parts only me. So actually, that's a bit of a re release for me. Maybe if I can relax a bit. Um, um, but I write. You know, that's what I do. I write, Christopher, because I don't see the work quite yet that uh, I'd like to see on, on TV and in films. And so I want to hand in, in writing that. A little bit of it is of me is that I worked for 27 years trying to break down the doors of the industry to accept disabled people more. And now just as they are, I'm kind of deemed too old to, to play those the roles that they now want to give the younger disabled actors. I, I, I want them to have the work. Don't get me wrong. Right. They've done the training. We never went to, I never went to drama school. These kids did. They've got all these expectations and they're going to get the results. It's just a, a little bit of me thinks, well, yeah, maybe I could Dr. Dre it a little, you know, as you watch right. Eminem rise to the charts. Maybe I could actually produce that work or have a hand in writing some of the work. Um, it's, I know I derive a lot of enjoyment, but do you write, Christopher? I do. I, I've written, I've written a couple of, uh, short films that have gone off to, to win some awards. And oh, I, awesome. I, I beg your pardon. I wish I'd, I should have researched it before we had this chat. I, I apologize for not doing so. No, I like to hide myself away. Um, I can send you stuff if you're interested. I, there's a project Tell that me, I, I mean, I'd love on. to see one of your films, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. We, it's, um, I love thinking outside of the box and being different and weird, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, but sometimes it's uh, a really good payoff. So are you, uh, I'm happy. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Toronto. I'm I'm here in Halton yeah, Hills. Yeah, I thought actually. so. That, and now you've got what they might call a Toronto accent, right? <laughs> they tell us it's about the boots and sorries, but I don't hear it myself.
what's hilarious is that the way you said both those words was so Canadian <laughs> for you to say, but I don't hear it myself. That was really good. It's like me saying, apparently we're all terribly posh. I can't hear it. <laughs> we we got to take a, a quick break, and then I have uh, two questions left for you, Matt, and uh, we're going to go from there. So uh, stay tuned, everybody. Matt Frazier, we're just taking a quick break.